Hello and welcome to Motor Cult episode 8. I'm Eric Berger. I'm joined here as always with uh, Ryan Sinitsky. Hello there. How are you this week? I am fantastic. My current computer is no longer Janet's Pink Laptop. I have replaced that with a significantly more powerful Excellent. Commodore 64 with optional <laughs> modem. I don't know if those ever had optional modems. They actually do. Did they? I, I have it right here in front of me. How many character line screen does this Commodore 64 have? No, it, it, a Commodore 64, is it, it's up 400 by 600 or whatever it was. It's, it's comparable to an Apple, too. Is it CGA? Uh, yes. Interesting. But it was, um, no, it was like the first gaming computer. It's also the first computer that came regularly with a modem on it. Hmm. I yeah, didn't know that. You'd plug there in wasn't much of an internet port. when the Commodore 64 was released. No, it was very, very basic internet. It is just barely working. Don't I worry. Gotcha. I have our beer ready so <laughs> we can stop talking about computers and save that for Pixel Cult whenever we start that up. I, yeah, I'm still using my 2011 BTO 17-inch MacBook Pro, which hey, is that, the best laptop ever. That is about 30 years newer than mine. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and it has... No modem, in fact. So <laughs> yeah, this one has a modem. It's not even a laptop. It's a full desktop. Um, <laughs> it's wow. actually it's really it's a keyboard that plugs into a CRT monitor. And on um, that note, wow, that's even an entire level of digression beyond. Yeah, we we have reached a new high point in digression. So um, higher low point. This but. week, our beer that we're choosing, since it is the second anniversary of the passing of Prince Rogers Nelson, we went to Lake Minnetonka to Excelsior Brewing Company and got Bitteschlapp, which is a brown ale. I so just like that it has an umlaut in it. So. It has an umlaut, yes. It is so a, what kind of beer is it? It's a brown ale. A uh, brown ale, it's a, uh, ironically, it's an English-style beer. Oh, so it's served warm with a side of mead? Yes, exactly. So I will let you take this one. Could you hand me that one right there? I will swap you back. Cool. And you I should will, open that one in front of the microphone. I'm so going to so people it. know what's happening. I just don't want to give them two of them. <laughs> Excellent. That sounded very tasty. That yeah, didn't it? All right, let's give it a crack. All right. Ooh. Yeah. That's ooh, that's a lot more flavorful than I was expecting. Yeah, it is. A I night. can taste the brown in it. Yeah, that's a really good. That's gonna be really nice for spring. Wow. Since today is, I guess, the first day of spring for Minnesota. Well, it is because we're not snowed in. The, or <laughs> I shouldn't say it yet. I suppose we're not done with the day, but not, we're knock on, knock yeah. on wood. So last week <laughs> here in the studio, we were snowed in. Yes, uh, we 22 were. inches of snow fell here in Chanhassen, <laughs> and nothing was plowed, so we were all able to get out eventually, but we did wait an entire day here, and uh, now we have both of the doors open. We on have the both unit. the doors open, all of the windows, and I see maybe a total of two tons of snow within my eyesight. Yeah, it's, like it's a substantially different, uh, uh, is it like a runescape out there? Or is that a game? That, that's a game. I what think sort of scape biome. am I in? You're looking biome? for the term biome. Interesting. Okay. Yes. Well, it's an entirely different biome out there. Yes, it is. And it's it's finally driving weather. I'm it's, very much looking forward to that. Have you gotten yeah. anything fun out on the streets yet? Not yet. I'm still, uh, my roommate still has his Colt in the driveway. He also has his S10 parked in my yard. Nice. <laughs> Which that has that super rad Isuzu diesel on it, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Well, so what happened with this car is because we had a snow emergency, and he bought a Smart for a daily driver. Which did he really? Yeah, he did. Miguel bought a Smart. Yes, he did. Oh my god! And it's I've never seen a car more perfect for him. Oh like, man! Is it? I assume it's a first gen with like the garbage Hugh Grant transmission in it, or yeah, is it a second actually, gen with a yeah, manual? It, it's the auto manual yeah. flippy paddle thing. Oh goodness! He, he said actually. 
once you get used to it, it's oh. kind of fun to drive. Yeah, once you get used to it, it's like driving with a beginner manual driver. Yeah, that's exactly what it's like. Um, but anyway, he's not daily driving that around. That's and, awesome. Uh, I did not know that. Yeah, and he, he hasn't put his uh, S15 in this. I guess it's, his S10's technically, since it's a GMC, it's S15. Mm-hmm. Um, he hasn't put that into storage yet. Okay. So, well, because he couldn't get to his like, grandmother's driveway, because he bought it the weekend of that giant snowstorm last week. Oh, okay. So... What we were doing, because the, the the Smart will actually fit in the driveway behind my Cressida okay. without having to be parked sideways. Oh, I was so going to say, those fit my, pretty much anywhere. I park my van sideways, and he sticks his Smart right behind it, and we can get four cars into that a two-car like garage. That sounds like innuendo, but that's okay. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> there, there, there's an innuendo in there somewhere. There's an innuendo in everything, if you try as hard as I do. So anyway, with the truck, he parked it up. We made like a little parking spot, because there was like two feet of snow, and you could not tell it was on the yard. Okay. So we parked it on the yard, right? Anyway, come Thursday night, my roommate, uh, he races in a chump car mm-hmm. uh, team called Chumash Racing. We'll have him on sometime. He'll tell you all about it. But uh, they're going down the Charlotte Motor Speedway this weekend, right? So he goes to Charlotte if Motor. If you say so. Well, he is. There's okay. a, there's a he phrased endur- it like a question. Yeah, so. he, well, he's, he's going to an endurance racer. Okay. Um, so he goes on Thursday night and completely forgets to give me his key. Uh-oh. He's not back until Monday night. Oh. So I now have a weekend of having my yard look like a yard in Anniston, Alabama. <laughs> but it's an early GM, aren't there? Like, isn't it like a Honda from the 90s with those, like, five ignition keys, and they, they're all worn out anyways? You can just start with a screwdriver? They, they are, but this one's fairly fresh. Of oh. course, it's the one decent ignition. Like, I was able to open the door with that, the house key, but <laughs> the ignition I could not open. I could I, it's not turn largely on. well known that the early 80s GM's door, because there was a separate key for the door yeah, so in the ignition back key, then, yeah. and they used schlag. I yeah, mean, they really did. Yeah, yeah. for sure. But um, so anyway, then I, I was like, okay, well, maybe I'll just push it. So I pulled the parking brake off, tried pushing it. So the vehicle had sat there long enough that made about like a half-inch deep rut. Okay. I was able to get out of that. And then the front wheel went into the next the rear rut. Wheel rut. No, the front wheel went into the rut from when he was previously there, oh, which is about okay. four inches deep. Excellent. So now it's not going anywhere until Monday. And I'm really hoping we don't get a ticket. Like I'm, I'm personally, I find it hilarious. I'm not mad at him. It's just that we have some neighbors that haven't really spoken to me that much because I wouldn't either. Yeah, I, I look how I look, and I. Have like a crappy Subaru. You park. do look like you might yeah. be like an aspiring rabbi or like Amish yeah. or something. And the, these people, like, I, I feel, I just I get the feeling that they're going to be douchebags. Okay. I, I don't know though. So maybe you get along famously with them. I, I will, or maybe they'll call the city and they'll get evicted. I don't know. I don't think that <laughs> quite works that way, but it sounds good. So anyway, so let's touch on the beer just a little bit more since we kind of yeah we, we out did of that. we did transition out of that for a moment. And I know this is a car podcast, but the beer is still important. Mm-hmm. Well, we're always drinking it and. Being from Minnesota, beer is an important part of our life. We have exactly. six months of not doing car stuff where we can only sit around drinking, with the exception of maybe two or three days in which we can drive our cars out on the lakes. Yep. Yeah, that's yeah. basically it. But we're just slightly more functional than Wisconsin people. So. Yeah, exactly. But no, this is, it's got a ton of flavor right off the bat. It's kind oh, of yeah. sharp, and then it just immediately goes away. There's, yeah. like, there's, no, there's aftertaste no aftertaste in this beer in, at all. Which makes a great summer beer. I agree. It, um, yeah, it's not too heavy to drink outside on this. As much day. as it's got a nice low gravity to it, it's got the same gravity as, like, you know, 
your average gold nail or, you know, oh, yeah, average golden shower. Yeah, yeah like sure. your average normal beer. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, what, what I like at that, that lack of aftertaste is mm-hmm. when it's 100 degrees outside, you're going to get a ton of flavor. Mm-hmm. And then you're not going to deal with being sweaty and like gross. Like the sweaty then, like, maple molasses in the yeah, back of your throat? exactly. Mm-hmm. You, you don't need to deal with that. You get the molasses Ain't nobody flavor. got time for yeah, that, right? Nobody's got time for that. <laughs> I got bronchitis. <laughs> All righty. Well, the beer is good. If I think of anything else, I'll say it during the episode. But Absolutely. I think you've got the first topic today. So Yes, the first topic today. Uh, great news, everyone. There is a new Suzuki Swift Sport. Oh, man. I was really hoping this was going to be one of those uh, Daewoo Matiz or whatever the... Matiz? Yeah. Oh, God. The, that, that one's already here. That's a Chevy Spark. Um, oh, man. I didn't know that. <laughs> That's no, pretty excellent. All right. So the Suzuki Swift, we've not gotten it since about 2001. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we received it, we received like the poverty spec model as the Geo Metro. Oh, uh, that's true. But we for, got the garbage engine, though. Yeah, we got the horrible engine. Well, we did get the optional single cam four-cylinder, which was meh. True. But but we got the Suzuki we never Swift got, GTI here. We did. And between, I think it was like 88 and like 90 or something, mm-hmm. 93, somewhere around there, uh, we did get what Suzuki Swift Sports here. They were identical to the Metro, except they had a way better set of taillights and much much I, better designed bumpers. I saw one in the wild one time. I'm like, that is a weirdly modified Met. That's a that's Suzuki. not that, that's a, a Suzuki. Yeah, and so, I had known about the what's the twin cam one. I just said what it was. It's a Swiss. It's a GTI. GTI. Yeah, yeah. and that just G- didn't sound right. But yeah, yeah. The, I saw one of those on the road one time. I'm like, what? So I did yeah. some research on that. That's a cool car. Yeah, it's the the old GTIs that we got. They were. Um, 1.3 yep. liter, 110 horsepower. Mm-hmm. Boosa bottom end with uh, a different head on it. Precisely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just that. It's a it's a great engine. Um, yeah, they went to people, the moon. <laughs> yeah, you know, a lot of people actually swap those in the Geo Metros. Um, in that, I shouldn't say a lot, it, relatively a lot. Um, well, yeah, I mean, there are so few of those cars that it's just. Yeah, but I mean, th- there's it, there is a community of people that take this like Geo Metro wagons and convertibles and mm-hmm. stuff and stick the good engine into it. And actually make a car that you can get for three grand all in. That's kind of fun. I was watching <laughs> a Motor Week on the Geo Metro Convertible, a retro review. <laughs> I've seen that one. What yeah. an awful looking vehicle that is. It, it truly like, is. If you want ragtop motoring in the sun for a penny pinching price, look no further. <laughs> the Mazda Miata is much better equipped and much faster, but also considerably more expensive. <laughs> uh, no, they had one other comparison as well. But... I, the, I think the other comparison was. Might have been the Geostorm. No, it was uh, the the Mercury Capri. That's yeah, what the it was. Mercury Capri, which, yeah. which is just, you look at that and you're like, that's going to be mid-engine real drive and really cool. Plot twist, it's front-engine front-wheel drive. The first it's time. Lotus Salon. I have to digress on that. Uh, first time I saw one of those, I was up at my paternal grandmother's house in Erskine, Minnesota, which nobody knows about, and that's fine. And there was one of those in a neighbor's backyard. So I could see it from the porch. I'm like, I had no I'm idea. What this I'm imagining thing was. it's like the G bodies you find in Alabama, where they're it's just on like, like that on on blocks and totally clapped out. No, it, it was on tires, but it, <laughs> it it had definitely been sitting in this grassy field, just in the middle of a clearing for some time. <laughs> and I'm guessing due to some bad problems. Shocking. But I thought it was super cool looking back then. I didn't know at the time that it was front. No, every front. I, I saw him for a while. I'm like, that's a really why don't anybody tune these? It's a great mid-engine car. And then well, I looked it up. I'm like, wait, what? Well, it's just like the Lotus yeah, the Lotus Elan, which I also assumed was mid-engine, wrongfully. Right. But anyway, so the new Suzuki Swift Sport, um, 
is out. It's uh, turbocharged now. Historically, they've been high revving all motor. Uh, so they, they switched to turbo. They, they were a holdout for about as long as the Civics were in Honda. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, around the world, outside of the United States, the Suzuki Swift Sport is the benchmark for a hot hatch. Like, that's the car to beat. Here, we see it as the GTI. But even the GTI looks up to the Suzuki Swift Sport. Is that in the same class of car, same size? Yeah, ex- exact same size as a, uh, as a GTI. Um, really affordable. You know, you can probably get one in decent condition for mid-20s. Um, so, yeah, they're perfect cars. Also, they cheap. come. They, well, I mean, mid-20s for the highest trim level you can get. I guess. That's, that's pretty decent. I suppose. But, I mean, well, how much does a GTI cost? That's around 24 new. I was going to say, I think they're based in the high 20s. Yeah. Like, like it's, 27, 28. They're, they're in that same kind of ballpark. Um, but the Suzuki Swift is obviously going to be better in every way because it doesn't have a 2.0T in it. Oh, yeah. Um, you have a point there. That is a really <laughs> garbage engine. So, yeah, no, it, it's a great car. Uh, Top Gear Magazine reviewed it, said it's just as good as all the other ones. Uh, it's a little bit different, but it's still just as good. Sure. Uh, so, yeah, I would look forward to, fi- to driving it. But, but we what? don't get it! Oh, that is a pretty important distinction. I well, you see, Americans don't like hot hatches because we don't get the good hot hatches. They well, send us the garbage to tell us that we don't like Same thing like with them. wagons. And the it, same thing with, like, diesels, too. Like, oh, why didn't anyone buy them? Like, because you put it on the top-end trim spec with all of the options. Yeah. It's and like, you charge a huge premium for it. it. It's, kind of, it's kind of like in the 70s where everybody was saying, oh, nobody really likes beer in America. They don't have good beer because the only thing Americans were ever given is Budweiser. Like, they were just given the absolute bottom end of beer. I'm told that that is the most expensive beer to produce of any beer. <laughs> in fact, it says so on the packaging. Like, it's just, it, it's totally like, ridiculous that we don't get them. And they tell us we don't like it because we don't buy them and they just give us garbage ones. Like, the yeah. closest thing to a hot hatch we get in America that's not a insanely overpowered Civic Type R or a GTI, you, that, can, those you are can hear those geese yeah. through the headphones. The, again, the... <laughs> The doors are open, so there's going to be a little more noise going on. Just deal with it. Uh, if Corey gets carried away by geese, we will let you know. Um, but no, anyway, the uh, GTI and like that's a reasonable car. But like if if you don't want a GTI mm-hmm. or a Civic Si, which is not really a hatchback at all, mm-hmm. you're gonna get like a Veloster. Yeah, which is like meh at uh, best. Yeah, it's based on an Elantra though, and yeah, I mean the Focus ST is a pretty good option. Well, Hyundai also they have that uh, N30i or whatever. They just they're... I don't even know if those are out yet. I mean those were those are very yeah. recent. Like products. Hyundai has an actual hot hatch, which of course we're not getting. Which right, is we're getting a lot of the N line stuff. Yeah, but not the N30i. I want I, the only one I care about is that hot hatch. Okay. Well, I mean, you are a microcosm of the public. I guess I Buying am. at large, so well, I don't have anything to argue with there, I Personally, suppose. Personally, I am, yes. You are correct. Oh, man. <laughs> okay, so we're... But well, it's, it's... That's great. Okay, so it's a great car. It, we it is. can't we, buy. We cannot buy it. I mean, so, you, you can buy it if you go to England. It's just... It's why... Your, why... But... That's... Okay. But if we can't buy it, why do we care? Because I want it. You pick topics differently than I do. <laughs> oh, well, all right. So, no, the, the thing is, all right, when we were growing up, mm-hmm. most millennials wanted... Uh, segways? Well, no. They wanted, like, most millennials that are into cars wanted a Skyline or something. Or a Segway. Yeah, but they wanted a Skyline or something, and they couldn't get it, so I had to wait. I think Corey wants to kill me. 
Yeah, Corey's getting carried away by yep, right. by geese pretty yep, soon. That's fine. He'll um, get. He'll get. But no, it's away. like most millennials wanted skylines and stuff. And oh, right. we had, we had, they we wanted the, everything that they saw in Fast and the Furious, which included the skyline. They wanted super rad graphics and the 15-speed manuals, bro. I'm just saying, it, it basically what what this is. This is a continuation of something that would sell in America because it's the perfect size. It gets 30 miles per gallon. It's fun to drive. That would sell in America, but just some corporate suits are saying no. They don't want that, which is really frustrating. I mean. Also, Suzuki of America was really poorly run their last, like, five years of existence, well, 15 years of existence. Even worse than Mitsubishi. Yeah, like, they were actually worse. Like, I'm not saying something. But the thing is, like, Mitsubishi makes a shit product. Like, Suzuki <laughs> actually made a nice car. Like, <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, we got the, the SX4, that little all-wheel the drive SX4, patch thing. The Kazashi. Yeah. Like, those are, they, like, when they went Four out of business, like, mm-hmm. their lineup was solid. It's well, just, they dated, they, though. The Kazashi was the Kazashi cool, the Kazashi was totally competitive. It was it it had competitive features. It was not competitive. It was totally competitive. It wasn't though. But anyway, so the the thing is though, that's a kind of, <sighs> that a good marketing person could have sold that and Suzuki didn't have that. And I feel like I'm this shocked. is just this is just a, a continuation of that. Okay. You know, and you know this, the Kazashi also I should say is probably my favorite sedan of the last 15 oh, years. Oh yeah, it looks really good. Like that's a, I do not like sedans, and that's the sedan I would buy. Oh, we're going to have a disagreement on that. Well, no, sedan is the best every, body style. Well, no, because wagon. Well, yeah, but it goes like wagon's the best, then sedan, then coupe. See, to me, it's wagon, coupe. Coupes are terrible all the time. Van, sedan. Coupes should just be all gotten rid of. That's just not true. I hate coupes. You have an 850i. Well, yeah, it's not available in a sedan. You have an E30 M3. It's not available in a sedan. You have a 2002. Not available in a sedan. That's, that is available in a sedan. No, it isn't. They made a sedan. I'm sure no, they did. No, they made a 2000, oh, which is a completely which different is, car. I guess the 02 would be the two-door. So, yeah, I guess you're right. But no. anyway, it, it's it's much with, I don't know, with sedans, there's... They're better. Better proportion, stronger, cheaper. I, there's just so many of them. I, there are some cars I will take a sedan version. They're better looking. Well, as I said, there's some cars where I will take a sedan over the coupe any day. The G35 is a great example of that. Oh, goodness. But yeah, there's a completely you, different demographic but, of people that own those two cars, too. Yeah, but, but I mean, like, can you really tell me that, like, a 560 SEC is worse than a 560 SEL? Sure. That's just not true. You're not yeah, right. Is. That's not correct. It is. No, because you, you drive a 560 SEL, you're going to walk away, you're going to at the ground, and you're going to go hang yourself. No. You have a 560 SEC, you're going to snort a line of coke and look behind and say, that's a cool car. No, because you're going to die while you're walking away from your coke mobile. Because you're a drug dealer. Right. But you're still going to look behind and to look at your car. I daily drove a 126 for quite a while, and I thought it was a very handsome car. Yeah, that's, that's a properly good-looking car, and that's mm-hmm. how you know you have the right car. Yeah. And I, every time I got out of it, even though it was $1,100 pile of crap, I still looked <laughs> at it because it was cool. Can we also talk about that transition right there? <laughs> oh my God. No, we can't. So anyway, my first topic is, what I wanted to talk about is, basically, if you get out of your car and you walk into like a bar or a store or something like that, and you lock it or whatever, and you don't turn back to look at it, you bought the wrong you bought car. the wrong car because you, you don't care, right? That's just a fact of life. And I think about that every once in a while. Like even like the garbagiest cars that I own, like yeah. I still like go and look at them. And if I don't, then I'll either modify them to you know be more appealing and gain that sort of reaction, yeah, or I'll get rid of them. That's I, I'm actually I'm going through that right now with my Mazda Five. You don't look back at it. Sometimes I don't. It's really weird. You should put a gigantic manual transmission vinyl on the side or something. I, I think what I'm going to do, actually, is get some coilovers. Th- what the hell are you doing back there? 
<laughs> Sorry, uh, Corey was over by the on the balcony, squeaking the door back and forth. He is the, the worst sound engineer I think I've ever seen <laughs> in my entire life. Absolutely he, terrible. He is engineering his own sounds that we want nothing to do <laughs> yeah, with. Yeah, he is. It's terrible. <sighs> um, but anyway. Thank goodness you can't hear the vigorous fat. No, with, with, the, with the Mazda 5, thank God, yeah. You thank God the table. You have next to you now. I know. I, I have that microphone <laughs> turned way down, so I'm hoping that doesn't come through. You still get it out of your peripheral vision. Oh, just geez. him pulling his pud. <laughs> <laughs> I've got horse blinders on. Um, but the... Um, no, with my Mazda 5, there are times I'll look back at it, or I won't look back at it, and I'll get, like, mm-hmm. inside of wherever I was going and said, I didn't look at my car. That's weird. The fact that you, like, know and realize that you didn't, though. Like, it takes me a minute, though. I know, but, like, that's still, uh, I don't know if that's quite the same. It's like, if the people the people that I'm talking about, really, that don't oh, look that back and don't care, yeah. are the people, like, they don't, they don't even, like, know what kind of car they drive. Like, oh, what kind of Toyota do you have? It's a blue one. Yeah. How many doors does it have? I don't know. Blue. Yeah, exactly. The blue the, kind. The, the, I, I'm not that bad, but I know. I'm coming from a place where every time I get out of my car, I go all Jeremy Cars and go, ooh, that is a properly good car. That was a terrible impression. Uh, yeah, it was. But, um, no, that that's... The, I come from having that happen every time. Sure. Every car I've owned previous to mm-hmm. this has been a car where I can't help but go, God, that looks really good. Like, my Cresta... Those taillights, I think, are yeah, probably... Yeah, but every one of those has been unreliable. And so utterly unreliable. You really do utterly need a reliable daily. And that's that's the thing. I think uh, with the Mazda 5, I think it's just, just the fact it's got the factory, like, Alteza-looking taillights on it. And sure. it's, I just don't want to look at Can that. Can you de-Alteza them? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, the 0708 uh, Mazda 5 Touring had really cool LED taillights. So I'm going to probably get those. Um, I'm going to get the Black House headlights that came on those as well. Okay. And then uh, I need to get a new he- fog light bezel because that's kind of a little wonky. It's not JDM enough? No, it's just it's missing a clip. So oh, not JDM at all. It, okay. if, if I hit a bump the wrong way, it'll kink it over. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and then uh, on the grill, that little plastic mesh thing, one of the little mesh yeah. little honeycombs is broken. Oh, so. yeah. That happened to me when somebody re-rented me in the E last winter. I think that just those little things, I think that's why I don't look at it. And the fact that... I also, I've got this, like, disdain for cars at factory ride height. I don't know why. Yeah. I, I try to keep them at factory ride height, and then, like, something bad happens, and they get lowered. Like, that's just what happens in my life. I guess... That's not really a bad idea until you lower, like, a winter beater. Which... Which I've done you've many done. times. And oh, I've done course, that, too. Yeah. Every single car I've ever owned is lowered. But I'm talking, like, a vehicle purchased and used exclusively for a season yes, that's that true. <laughs> generally will benefit from higher ground well, clearance. I think, I think it's just more, once I start modifying it a little bit, make it a little bit more mine, I'll feel a bit better. Because it's sure. also, I also really don't like gray. You've had it for quite a while, though. I've had it for about a year, yeah. I thought it was more than that. No, just a year. Which I feel like I put the Edelbrock sticker on that thing in front of my house more than a year that, ago. That was the day Vic Edelbrock died. That's why I kept it on there. Any other reason, it's all improperly aligned. I was going to say, it's crooked as all it's hell. It's super crooked. If it wasn't for <laughs> fact that it would happen on the day Vic Edelbrock died, I would have taken that off a long time ago. Well, I have more Edelbrock stickers in my toolbox. So. Oh, good. So I actually might take that off then. <laughs> <laughs> the new one will not have the uh, same sentimental value. But, I th- but yeah, I think it's just that it's... One of the other things that really gets me about it is it is gray. Mm-hmm. And this is one of only two gray cars I've owned in my life. You just got to put red wheels on it. I did that with my Fiat. I was, I was actually going to do white. Or those are so I hard can, to keep clean. Yeah, but I mean, I wash it. You've, how often is my car dirty? 
I, I have it. literally no idea because I don't look at it very often. It's exactly my problem here. <laughs> I don't <laughs> like, really know how often the, the Fiat's clean either. I pr pretty much never. Yeah, well, I, I wash my car every other day, basically. Okay. You know, well, if, not everyone has that luxury. I, I do have a car wash at my work, so that's why I wash it every other day. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, have you ever had a car that you don't look back at? I'm trying to think of. I was actually thinking about this while you were talking. I don't really think I have. Yeah, it's it's almost things like I pretty much go out of my way to only buy cars that I find interesting or unique in some way, and that usually makes me look back. E even the car that like I disdained the most in my ownership, which was a 1989 Buick Lesabre. Wow, I remember which that. Which I got for three hundred dollars. Like after my Accord blew up, my Supra's headlights. Uh, headlight switch broke like on the same day so i just it, this car happened to come in on trade at my dealership and i'm like whatever i, I need a car and i blew it up <laughs> before the check cleared so i canceled the check i'm like all right i guess i'm driving the super with no headlights oh man <laughs> <laughs> i do remember you like accidentally took that over the speed bumps in front of my old shop at like 45 miles an hour or something crazy. oh yeah and then there's uh in front of the old modern automotive performance building i mm -hmm. took it off that bridge and got like two feet of air and blew out all the struts and lost all hubcaps <laughs> <laughs> That's what everyone does in a GM10 or W, whatever that yeah, was. Yeah, so. that was a W body. Mm -hmm. That was like a, a first generation W body. But I mean, like, even that car I looked back at, because, like, as much as that car was terrible. You can't see my face, but it's yeah, disgusting. It, as much as that car is terrible, it had a really cool hood, because it had one of those front opening hoods. Sure. Like on your 2002. Like, it looked really cool. Um, that hood only. Everything else in that car is terrible. And sometimes when garbage. I, sometimes when I look back at it, I look back in disdain, which was still looking back nonetheless. <laughs> that's. I mean, I guess it. I mean, it had some quality that you look back at, but. But that's the thing. I would like, never look back that, at a that's, car like that. No, I mean, I, I would. I would look back with disdain, but still, it's it's the fact that it's kind of like uh, the concept of the Mac car versus the bad car. Sure. It's better to have a bad car than a Mac car. It is, because, I mean, like, Tesla makes a bunch of Mac cars. Yes, they They're do. really good, but they're meh. Yeah, precisely. They, so. They've actually kind of mastered that. That's well, that's a really weird place in the world to be. Like, I think, the, especially the Model 3, because that thing, like, you look at the interior, and it's just like, meh. I've never seen a Model 3. I don't oh, think I have. It, it's just a steering wheel, one stock, and then, like, an iPad Pro in the center. There's nothing Wait, else. one stock? I like think there's one Central? stock. Like on a Citroen. Yeah, I think it does wipers, turn signals, everything. Oh, oh, stock. I, I thought you meant, like, spoke. Oh, no, I think it's a three-spoke. That's lame. Yeah, I. It, but, it, yeah, I, I understand people want the minimalist thing, but, like, the speedometer is on an LCD in small font in the middle of the car. That means you shouldn't care about it. All right. I'm just going to use autopilot. No big deal. <laughs> der -ka -der -ka -der. But well, anyway. I, I guess I've never actually seen a, mod, uh, a Model 3 since they're... Uh, they're so rare, and whenever they, they do are. come, they usually immediately go back to the factory because something's broken on it. Well, at least it wasn't like that giant split in the A-pillar you saw on the Model oh, S God. a couple weeks actually, ago. Actually, <laughs> that, that, uh, that led them to actually uh, halt production, and Elon Musk is completely rethinking how he's doing it. But that was the Model 3 line. That was the Model 3, yeah. But, I mean, those kind of issues have caused Elon Musk to like, totally rethink how they're going to do production of Tesla. Interesting. Um, Hopefully he speeds it up considerably. Uh, that's, the, that's the point. He's adding a lot more humans. He was quoted as saying, humans are very underrated, which is shocking, I know. Nah, some of them are. Well, I mean, if you look at a car that's made almost exclusively by robots, most General Motors products, uh, and you compare that to Pagani, uh, Pagani Huayra, which is made exclusively Huayra. by humans... 
the Pagani is going to be night and day better. I think it, the Wyra is better in a lot of ways for yeah, other yes. reasons. But yes, yes, but I mean, I, I mean, as far as actual fit and finish, goes, bespoke. Of course, we're also talking the difference between a car like a Daewoo Matisse. Oh, that is a wonderful car, which though. is mm. and comparing that to literally what I think is and historically will always be the most beautiful hypercar. A Rolls Royce Phantom. That's not a hypercar. Yeah. But I, I'm just talking about it, that. Maybe I was a little skewed with how I've just spill it. What hypercar? <laughs> the Pagani Huayra. Oh, yeah. You're that's, alluding to that. Okay. Yeah, that's what I was alluding. I'm to. actually. How was that possible that you wouldn't pick something from the 1980s? Well, those aren't hypercars. Those are supercars. Yes, mm, but like, there's got to be something in that decade that would have been no, because the hypercar guys. was invented. You know, well, it wasn't really invented, but it came around in the early 2000s when you started having these. You wouldn't call a Bugatti EB110 a hypercar. Call it a supercar. I don't know. I, I think I think the the cars that started the hypercar thing mm-hmm. were kind of these new school quote unquote supercars. The right, cars like were, the Koenigsegg CCX. Right, and these things are like eight nine hundred horsepower, and that's exactly what I mean. The hypercar it comes from garish styling, yes, but it comes from like an overabundance well, of power non usability. Yeah, I, I guess so. All right, so may, maybe that we can say the EB one ten was the proto hypercar. Yeah, I'd say so. Because it it wasn't really a class until you had competing cars. All right. Because then you're going to say, you know, the, I mean, the Suzuki X90 like is a class of car where it's not. It's just that's a weirdo car. Yeah, Red Bull bought all of them. Yeah, exactly, because nobody else bought them. Um, <laughs> we'll get back to the X90 at some point. <laughs> I hope not. But, um, no, the, the, the hypercar is like, th- that all kind of started, like the EB110 sat there on its own. Well, it was directly well, pitted against the XJ220. As I say, so yeah, I guess the XJ220 and the EB110 would be the first generation Those of like were bananas. proto hypercars. I'm going to call it proto hypercar because that sounds like... I'm just going to call them hypercars. Well, because w- the term didn't really come around until you had... Screw the term. Yeah, but that, but that, that isn't... That, then, all right. There are still hypercars. So then is... Do you have a cold sore and it turns blue, it's not herpes? I guess good point. There you go. That's a good point. Well, I was just thinking because like the, the, the term supercar didn't come around until the Lamborghini, Lamborghini Mira, hmm. and they still called the Ferrari right. 250 GTO. I understand the terminology the, might yeah. not have been there, but the cars themselves could be retronamed. I guess so. I, I guess we, we can do we can do that. Yeah, that works. Okay. But anyway, um, talk about tangents. Um, <laughs> it happens. It happens a lot. But no, so uh, Elon Musk is kind of going back. Um, and with production on the Model 3, um, if I'm not mistaken, I think they're actually going to go to a 24-hour production cycle with humans. Hmm. Um, and doing that 24-hour production cycle is going to really increase the amount of production they have, obviously. Are they still struggling with making enough batteries for these products? or I, I think the issue is more uh, the production line itself. Okay. Um, but, you know, it's almost, you know, Rome wasn't really built in a day. Oh, it's, wow, that's so cliche. Well, I mean, but I mean, the thing is, like, this is a company that's come more or less from the ground up. There is a truck driving down the train tracks behind us. Wow! Yeah, you are not <laughs> kidding. There is a truck <laughs> literally was. down the train tracks. Um, <laughs> oh, the things you see know, <laughs> when right? you open the doors. But so, um, <clears throat> no, with the and people say Chan Hansen's boring. <laughs> I know, I know, right? It's not boring. <laughs> trucks driving train tracks. Um, so I'm, I'm sorry, I totally lost track. <laughs> no, we're talking about uh, battery support, 24-hour yes. cycle. So I think I think more of the issue is with the issues they're having with production 
And um, the fact that this is a company that's really, at the end of the day, it's still a very small car company. Uh, be it that's uh, on a, the verge of bankruptcy. It's a car company on the verge of bankruptcy that is owned by a man who funds spaceships with car sales and flamethrowers. Uh-huh. Um, and sometimes those crash. Yes, and sometimes the flamethrowers do crash. <laughs> <laughs> Fun to watch, though. Yes, it's true. <laughs> um, but no, they they were, they're trying to ramp up production. But the thing is, why they're trying to do it right? Because yeah, you can make. I'm sure they could probably make ten thousand Model Threes you know, in a, in a month and then it'll be like British Leyland and every single one of those model three. the only way they'd be able to do that is if they contracted an independent, like, like everyone uses Magna Steyr for the models that they don't have production capacity for. It seems like, so, Oh, do they well, like pretty much everything you see is like, it's a quirky low production model or something like that yeah. from a European manufacturer. Like Volvo uses them. BMW uses them. What's the name of the company? Magna, Magna Steyr. Oh. The gun company. Oh, Steyr. Oh, like the Steyr AG, right? Mm-hmm. Our, our patron is loudly setting his beer down repeatedly on the table. Jesus Christ. What let, a maniac. Let the record state. <laughs> what a maniac. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I, 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 just, I, really want, I really hope that Tesla kind of gets their, their act together. I want to see them stick around because as much as they make meh cars right now, we know that they have the ability to make cool cars. Like their very first car, the Roadster, was pretty cool it was it had a lot of problems but it was cool top gear hated it but it was cool um <laughs> actually um i sure hope val kilmer's okay yeah me too val kilmer really i hope he's okay um but um top gear actually i'm not sure have you watched it since the holy trinity left yeah it's actually i caught a couple episodes of the first season that had that chris whatever oh, fuckhead. That he was terrible yeah but the season after that where they had rory reed and chris harris like it's, it's actually i actually good. really yeah. like chris harris he's probably oh, one he's, of my he's, great. he's one of my favorite automotive presenters agreed um no it's i have watched it it's good it's just hard for me to figure out exactly where i can view it because it's obviously not a u.s based show no, it's not. Well, does Street Fighter still have them? Like no. back when we were in high school, like, <laughs> that was the best place to watch it. Yeah, that's where you'd always unabridged versions. Yeah, unabridged Top Gear back when, like, two thousand eight, before I started giving it to us on the BBC. Right. Um, Something about giving us the BBC. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh my, Corey, why'd you write that in my notes? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But no, it's actually it's really good because uh, I sat down and watched an episode. Uh, when I was at Janice's house, she always has cable, so I always just abuse it. And I, I don't have cable at my house because, uh, you know, bills. You, <laughs> okay, I would have said something differently, but that's yes, probably good. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, it, 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 I actually sat down for the first time, and I was expecting me to just groan the entire time. But it was really good. It's definitely better than Top Gear America still, which is, is that still a thing? No, that guy canned. I actually like that. After the first season, it was pretty good. The first season was really painful. I, I didn't. I did not like the Italian guy. What was his name? The, oh, um, yeah, I know who you're talking about. And then, uh, yeah, I, that Italian guy's name is just blanking on Keep me. Keep talking. I'll, I'll think of it. But um, no, Rutledge Wood, uh, the the bigger dude that was yeah, on that. Rutledge is good. Rutledge is great. He had his own show. I like Tanner um, too, though. He had a uh, transmission across America or something. Whatever his, his name shows. was, Adam something. Um, at Adam Salami. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Some New Yorker. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I did not like him. Uh, Rutledge Wood, though, uh, he's also up there with Chris Harris for me for one of my favorite automotive I don't like him as a presenter. I really like his projects and his taste. His projects and his taste are great. He is really um, abrasive to listen to. If you, I, Actually, I'm, I'm okay with that. Cause like, I know, because you are just like him. 
I know. I am. You're right. And actually, the two seconds of NASCAR I've actually watched in the last decade uh, was when he when he was presenting it, and it was actually Adam well, Ferreira. Adam Ferreira. Yeah, I hate that guy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but Ryan Lejeune is great, and he's actually currently the only good thing about NASCAR as well. <laughs> anyway, let's get back to Top Gear. Yeah, let's I don't get back to. Talk to about yeah, we're not going to talk so. about NASCAR at least yet. No. Um, but yeah, no. So no, we're never talking about NASCAR actually. <laughs> Oh, I'll find a way to work it in. So we have like a pre-war car. Thing. You bastard. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, uh, the Top Gear, it's, it's really good. And actually, when I brought up the uh, Hyundai N30i or whatever, yeah, that was because I saw the Top Gear. The fact that it's it, made it after well 1945 done. makes me really happy. <laughs> I'm sure. Um, speaking of pre-war cars, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they had a lot of rare models for them. Um, yeah, because everybody had their own car manufacturer. Yeah, there were literally hundreds, like, per oh, country. Oh, they were well over that. I said per country, yeah. I mean, I know, yeah, but the United States alone had thousands. I know Japan prior to World War II, I think they had, they had, like, 45 motorcycle manufacturers and, like, 13 car manufacturers. And, and now all, we just have China. It's great. Yeah, and, and then they made, like, each manufacturer made, like, five cars, a, like, a decade. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, they had a total production number of 15 or something. Uh, but, um, no, I mean, even, uh, uh, yeah, so <laughs> enough about pre-war cars. You look like you're going to have uh, an aneurysm. Yeah, so, like a mild stroke, TIA or something. I want to talk about something. Okay. Also, mm-hmm. um... I don't mean to hijack your topic. Oh, oh! if you hijack my topic, we're going to have words. All right, I'll let you introduce it, and then I'm going to come back with something, because <laughs> okay. I found I mean, the perfect it, car for Jana. It's intended to be a rapport between us on <laughs> yes, the topic, it is. so let me but just <laughs> go ahead and start it then. Um, this was kind of a last-minute one I was coming up with, just to fill out the kind of the agenda for this episode, and it's one I actually wanted to talk about quite a bit, so I'm glad it came up, but... Every time you buy a used car, you can't really be picky about the options or colors true. you pick. That's and true. it's been kind of a running joke for a long time. Like, there are certain colors or options that are low resale. And I want, I suppose, to get your take on what your opinion is on what makes an option or a color a low resale color or option. <laughs> if I'm not making this specific enough, please let me know. And no, then, I, I know what you, I know. Yeah. What you, I know what you mean. And I'll I'll kind of tell you what I go with on that too. So I I think with low resale colors, there are colors. There's two ways to go about it. Um, there's some cars like Is it like Schrodinger's color, kind of. Okay. Um, there's some cars where let's use silver as an, as an example because that's a, that's a color that sucks, right? But it's pretty boring. Statistically, silver is the best reselling color. I have no idea why. It's because people because have nobody likes for brands. It. Nobody likes that color. But there are some cars where people vastly prefer silver, and like it makes sense. So something like a Camry, I would much rather own a Camry in silver than yellow. Oh, I don't know. A yellow Camry would be pretty rad. Mm. I've seen them. They look like taxi cabs. I was going to say, I don't think it's a factory color. It, it, it's not. No. The closest they thing. They probably are taxi cabs. I, I think the closest thing to yellow they have is like Desert San Mica, which is like the ultimate beige. <laughs> is that the same color as the Lexus behind you, or is it different? Or is that pewter? Uh, yeah, that is actually Desert San Mica. Mm, okay. That is the exact color. I know that color because uh, that, it is that just car is the very least, beige. It is the least iconic color ever. And but no, there, there are colors where. But it's um, not a low resale color. It's th- just it lacks 
interest. Well, that's the thing is that that's what's going to drive down the price for resale because uh, it's the least interesting color on the car uh, that actually makes a makes a color a low resale color. Some okay. cars that's like an a Camry. Take on it. Some cars like a Camry. That's actually what you want. You want to blend in. If you're buying a Camry, you're buying an appliance. Right. But if you're drive, buying a WRX, you're going to want... you vape. You do. Yeah. And you're going to want, like, the pearl white. Yeah. Uh, World Rally Blue. Well, actually, no, you don't want that. Because the, the plastics, the body plastics on a WRX oh, are made out of, like, 0.2 millimeter plastic. And you cannot match pearl paint. It is you just so cannot. atrocious looking. It, it is so really I, bad. I normally agree it's the best but, color I mean, on that car, but yeah, but I mean you don't want a color that's gonna stick out. So pearl white usually does. What about um, nitrous blue? You mean uh, world dry blue? No, hyper Ni- blue. Nitrous, hyper blue. Whatever the. Okay, yeah, you're right. Yeah, because the, the, it's the, the it's the super version of the RS. Yeah, blue. it's it's the pastel. They introduced it on a BRZ yeah. or something. Yes, is yeah. is on the BRZ uh, and the Crosstrek and the WRX STI. I guess they brought it to an STI. Yes, yeah. they did. Um, I like that color. Yeah, and yeah, hyper blue is actually the most commonly sold color on the Crosstrek. Uh, it's a, just a normal color. Now for the I Crosstrek. lost interest in it. But on the WRX and on the BRZ, those are the most sought after versions. Are the sure. hyper blue cars? Is it just because they're rare? Oh, they're super rare. And the but only, is, are they valuable because they're yes, rare or because yes. people like the color? Well, it's both. Okay. I mean, because I mean, there's there's colors on BMWs of I'm, like the 1990s that are extremely uncommon. I have, but a, I have a car. Value I have a car like that that I'm gonna talk about in a second. But um, on the Crosstrek, it is the most commonly sold uh, Crosstrek because that's the most sought after color for the Crosstrek. Like mm. that's the color that people like the most on Crosstrek. I see burgundy a lot on those. It's, on the older ones, but once they brought the, the uh, hyper blue in, like that, I would sell one hyper blue cross track for every other color. Well, good, I guess. But I mean, that's just how it's weird to bring the good colors to a crossover. BMW did that with the first gen X1. Yeah, and well, that's the thing is like, but that's the only only reason I'm even talking about crossover right now is because that's the only car where that color was not a limited edition. It was a limited okay. edition on all their performance models. Mm-hmm. And those performance models with that color are the most sought after. They sell immediately the second sure. they hit a dealership lot. Even if and they're a CVT? Oh, I suppose you can, couldn't you, get that on the STI. No, you couldn't. You could on the, w, you could on the WRX. And I don't Gross. recall having ever seen a CVT hybrid blue WRX. Yeah. That's a good thing. I don't think. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Not. Yes. Okay. Yeah. But the, CVTs yeah, are terrible. So the, that's a color where it is highly, it's highly desired and rare. Um, another color. I don't know if this is highly desired. But it sure as shit is rare. Um, Ruby Stone Red on the so, 993 911. Okay. Me, uh, I was looking for, me and Jana were looking through the Bonhams auction listings last night for, um, I think it was for uh, Switzerland or something. But And what is that? Bonhams is uh, like a high, like a supercar auction uh, house. Okay. And we came across a... Porsche 964 RS in ruby stone red mm-hmm. with a pink pink and purple inserts on the Recaro seats and pink matching um, seatbelts. Now, you say it's gross. Look at the color. It is literally the color of Jana's laptop. It is That is probably the coolest pink I've ever seen in a car. That is definitely a magenta. That looks pink. really good. It looks fine. I love that color. I, I agree that it's unique. I wouldn't. But, I wouldn't seek that color out. 
So are buying a nine six four. The the nine six fours they usually what are what do they retail at? The nine six four R R S. Oh God, I don't know. That's like, too too uncommon for me to even have a, a off the cuff answer. I would guess. Well, I'm I'm gonna look that up. But what what's your example for a color? I'm looking oh, up okay. Quick. I for low resale green growing up anyway. It was always referenced to buy like a 1995 BMW 7 Series long wheelbase in green with tan interior. That like it, you bought that, that green color on any car will drop yeah. the retail value. That's five thousand. I think it's Laguna. No, I think it's either Laguna or Boston green. But it is so terrible, <laughs> and it wasn't that common either. So, like, it, it's not just a thing about rarity. It's definitely a function of how nasty the color looks. And, like, I don't know who buys a car with a color combination like that brand new. But <laughs> every time you see one rolling around, like, you just know that the person got a killer deal on that thing because they couldn't buy it. For the longest time, I hated the DC2 Integra, the 94 through 2001 Acura Integras. Like, okay. the one with the quad headlights. Yeah, the projectors. Because... Every time I'd go, you know what? That's an all right car. One of those would drive by in that color green, that dark metallic oh, yeah. green from the '90s with the tan interior and the windows that are permanently have that like smokers film on it. Yep, <laughs> and they're just a little bit of rust on it, and is just a complete. Oh, the green ones sphincter. always had the most rotten rear fender arches. Too. I'm pretty sure that was a salt based color. <laughs> they <laughs> were paint is they based experimenting on new bases for paints, and yeah. <laughs> They found that salt-based paint was very effective. It was, it was just that—that's really just the perfect color. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so yeah. I'm looking up the 911 RS on um, Bring a Trailer right now, and oh, here we are. So at least have another low resale color. Not Bring example. a Trailer. I'm sorry, Haggerty. Okay. Um, so I'm looking up a, nine, a 96 Carrera RS. Okay. Um, there's one it, on the complex here in white. It's really attractive. So, so they they go for you know two hundred and ten to three hundred eleven thousand. Oh goodness dollars. gracious! Nice car, not even close to worth that in my opinion. This one that's in the pink, yeah, added fifty thousand dollars to that average yeah, price. Yeah, to the purchase price. No, no, to the people p- are all idiots. It, no, it's at a, it's at auction. It hasn't sold yet, but that's the expected price. It's supposed to have an extra fifty thousand dollars because it was super duper rare. Great. And actually, it does. I think it makes the car look really, really good. Like, that's a color I would go out of my way to paint a car. I'm bored by this topic. <laughs> Let's move on. I'm I regret sorry, bringing I, it up. I'm sorry I ruined it with a pink car. Uh, but anyway. Magenta. Uh, magenta. Uh, we were When Jana saw that, she was so excited, she literally started crying. <laughs> and oh she started God, crying and flailing. That is a very Jana Freaking color. out. Yeah. Um, but no, the reason uh, she likes that, she's, she was so excited over that color is um, she's been looking for a uh, she's been looking for a new car to replace her hand-me-down van she's been driving as her daily driver. Oh, van me down, van me down. Ha! <laughs> but um, no, after the snow last week, she decided she wants something that she can put into four-wheel drive. Something that's not four-wheel drive but can become four-wheel drive. Ah, like the burrito. Yes, exactly. That's great. You but can she, launch it in four-wheel drive and then drift around in second. All right, it. so these are the things. She needs a car that can go into four-wheel drive, that's got some ground clearance to get through snow. It needs to come with a manual transmission. Okay. She likes T-tops or sunroofs. Okay. And she wants as few seats as possible so she doesn't... So she We talked about the ideal vehicle last week. But this is what we came up with. A Suzu Amigo. Close. 
A Suzuki. X90. No. Yes. No. Yes. I mean, it's very Janet, but it's no. It's a perfect car. All right, so no. That is that is a car that nobody Such bought a bad ever. Car. Nobody ever bought that car. I know. Red Bull did as fleets, but they bought because them all they, used. they bought them at wholesale price. <laughs> like, no, they weren't used. Nobody, oh, they weren't? No, they sold like 70% of their inventory ever made. After they discontinued it. How long did it, they sit around? When were those discontinued? They, they were discontinued two years before Red Bull bought all of theirs. Wow. I thought so. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't think that coincided that's the in thing. time it's at like, all. Yeah, no, it always shocked me that they were, A, in such good and consistent yeah, condition. <laughs> because Red Bull bought all of them and painted them silver, and that's how Red Bull got, got them. Do you ever see an X? Red Bull Mini driving around. Yes, like, I love them. I'm that's so excited. So weird. Like, it's a apparently, those things truck. are hack jobs. Like, apparently, they're not really surprised. bad. I'm yeah. not surprised. And apparently, they're also, like, really poorly maintained because it was all a bunch of, like, 16-year-old, well-endowed ladies yeah. driving around yeah. not caring. So that, that was probably my favorite part of whenever I saw one of those. Uh, the Minis, no, I don't think so. I think even the X90 was offered as an automatic, so I'm guessing a lot of more auto. The X90 was offered as automatic, but the one Jan would be wanting to get is a manual. Well, naturally. Um, yeah, obviously. But no, it's it's really, it's a car It's made only for her. Like, she's the only person on Earth that that car was designed for. Like, yeah. there was somebody sitting in I Japan. Wanna, I want the focus group documents for when they were putting I, that this car This is what market. it was. There was a gypsy woman with a crystal ball, <laughs> and they said, there's this girl. I got it. This movie's gonna big. Be, yeah, there's, <laughs> a, big. there's, there's this Hanks. girl that's in oh, suburban Minneapolis, that needs Buffalo, Minneapolis. Yeah, in buff in sub- suburban Buffalo, Minneapolis, and she's so going to need. Keeps coming back. She's going to need a two seater, four wheel drive truck with a manual transmission. At, Said so she no one ever. So she doesn't have to haul around her family, and so she can take her T-tops off, but still has rollover protection. I hope she leaves her T-tops on. <laughs> she's the only person on earth this car fits. <laughs> so, um, oh my god, yeah, that's uh, that. That is what a Jana car is. <sighs> just the weirdest tiny cars. Physically discomforted <laughs> by this conversation. Well, I was when she first said the that. The X90, like, it is a perfect fit for her. I agree. I, I wanted, I wanted to try and get her into I something know. else. I'm like, I heard. I'm like, no. You were, you were going on about a Fiat, and she goes, Yeah, but I do. I, I'm, but I'm an archaeologist. So I have to go a out Suzu to Amigo. It's too big. No, it doesn't fit in her driveway. I bet it would. No, it literally. Holes are not that big. They're. I that, yeah. You have a point. I haven't okay, seen it. So let me let me describe it. It's like got a forty five degree hill. Mm-hmm. It's it's an awful hill, and my dad extended it as far as the city would let him, but it only extends like a quarter of the way, so you can fit uh, just like one car nicely at this weird angle. And another her dad car, has a big truck. Another car that you're gonna have to back out of that space around, and then. You know, there's another space, but that's the space we leave open that we can get into the garage. So I need a car that's small enough that it can back around a Honda Ridgeline. And and you're currently street. doing this in a Sienna. Yeah, in that's that's Sienna, that's yeah. why her rear that's why that's her why rear bumpers my, in multiple pieces. Yeah, and I fucked up my tires. Allegedly. Yeah. No, she uh, she hit a like she was backing out and like just annihilated a tire somehow. Like it got hooked up on the side of the of the concrete and just when the van hit it, like, yeah, when she, she got caught on a snowbank and then just shredded the tire. I have no idea how it happened, but it's a thing that happened. So anyway, this is why we're looking for a four wheel drive vehicle. That is the size of a CRX. I think that the the T tops thing is unreasonable for your criteria. So name me, name me. Oh, well then just get like a first gen sportage. 
Well, no. Those things are tiny. Yeah, but they're terrible. They're a. not that bad. No, they're really bad. They, there's a reason you don't see them. They're all blown up and they're all rusted well, it's out. because everyone just never changed the oil, basically. No, my, my dad owned one when I was a kid. Oh, wow. No, he had one that's the only car he's ever taken perfect like care of. Like He changed the oil every 3,000 miles to the dot. There was a time I was late. Oh, I got oil analysis stories, too. I was, I was late to class in sixth grade because he had to go get his oil changed on the way to class. Oh, my God. So, like, he was religious about this car, doing all the maintenance, and it blew up. Like, the second the warranty was up, it exploded. So, those are terrible vehicles. Well, I, the, and, but so are Suzuki X90s. So, this is the Just thing. Just find though. a Daihatsu Rocky. Call it a day. Well, then she has got four seats in that. She needs two seats. Otherwise, she's stuck Take hauling two around. Of them out. How would you feel about driving a uh, Dahatsu Rocky in the middle of winter? It would be fine. No, it's a Dahatsu Rocky. It's a super rare car. You don't want to ruin that. I would be fine with it. It's How about already going to have rust on a it. sidekick convertible? That would uh, like a tracker. That's a cool car. Yeah. Okay. Like, that would be another good car. And they a lot of them were sold in pink magenta fuchsia, too. Which is, so. like, Janice color. And, and we wouldn't have to vinyl wrap the X90 in that color. Oh, my word. I'm not going to paint it. Way, I don't want to paint that car. It would be way too much money to paint it. I find that a good quality paint job is cheaper than a good quality vinyl wrap. Not if you do it yourself. I do not have that skill. See, well, I mean, laying vinyl isn't that hard. It's a lot oh easier goodness. than painting. Are, but anyway, so... All right, so all right, a Suzuki tr- um, Sidekick, or I guess the Geo Trackers, because those usually came in ridiculous colors. So that would be that'd be a good car for her then. Sure. If those are your ridiculously stringent criteria, it's totally then ridiculous. Because otherwise, let's say yeah, get get a Galandavagen. done. Get Perfect a car. First gen CRV with a stick and call it a day. How would you feel about first gen CRV? No, they try to kill me. Yeah, she she. Th- She's been in three car accidents in her life, and every single one's Crashes. involved a CRV. Fine, forget I said anything about the first gen <laughs> CRV. So she's she's got a she's got like a phobia of CRVs now. So the CRV's out. Well, then maybe a first gen Rav Four, because you can get that no, as a two door. Terrible. You can get it as a two door though. I guess, good, and though. you don't have the good four wheel drive though. No. And so you don't have a CRV either. Yeah, but. so those both have garbage four-wheel drive. Oh, man. See, that's how we get stuck on this. This is, I mean, this is kind of how I shop for cars, too, so I really can't complain, but this is ridiculous. This is also a sort of thing that made me end up with a tiny minivan for my daily driver because of ridiculous. <laughs> I have to ask, and this is going to come off a little strange, but I don't even see the topic we're talking about on the show notes. Is this even a thing? <laughs> or is this so. just a pure digression this topic? This is a digression. This is turning into like a car debate. <laughs> It is. I mean, well, it's at least it's correlated. We're not it is. talking I'm, about I'm Ikea furniture. fine with it. I just I think we should move <laughs> on to JDM Legends. All right. Yes, we should. Um, I I'll move on to that. We'll have a conversation about a one-sided we, conversation. You will tell me. Yes, about it, I will tell you about. I will on. tell you about my van. <laughs> okay. Um. No. So, uh, I watched the new TV show JDM Legends. Okay. For, um for an article I was writing for Japanese nostalgic car. It's uh, one of those build your car shows that you see on velocity that are like oh, garbage it, shows. Yeah. Well, you know, they're, they're always like, you know, full of royalty free dad rock and just terrible and chair throwing and fake drama. This yes. one was not, there was oh, zero royalty free dad rock. I, there's nary a chair thrown. <laughs> <laughs> 
And there was no drama. Well, I think the biggest drama was they uh, some slag hit the coolant line on the welder they were using. They had to run to PureTech. Oh, no. That was the biggest drama that happened. But I was really hoping when you said <laughs> slag, it wasn't welding debris, and it was like the British <laughs> slang for slag. No. <laughs> okay. Dang it. No, it was just some welding debris hit coolant line, and they had to like stop what they were doing and run to PureTech. Like, PureTech is great. But that was like... It was just such a perfect show. If you I haven't wa- had to go to Pertech to get an emergency line done, you haven't had you a haven't, project car. Yeah, you have not had a project <laughs> car. You're right. But um, For no, those who don't have Pertechs nearby, it's a uh, hydraulic line fitting company. Yes, they're a chain that just makes hydraulic lines. And it is just fantastic. It's not cheap, but they make some good stuff. Yes, and it, it's there when you need it. Yes, it I is. Will gla- it's like going... They're like a hospital. Like, <laughs> there was one a third of a mile from my old shop, too. It was great. Oh, God. And so you didn't even care about breaking nope. lines. You're like, nope, machete. Yep. <laughs> like, I'm just going to rip this out with a sawzall because it's faster for me, and this is America. But, it, no, it was, it was actually... It's a really tight show because most of the shows What network suck. is it on? Uh, it's on Velocity. Okay. Yeah, oh, you yeah, can also... We can watch on Motor Trend. It's on Motor okay. Trend On Demand. Yeah, I'll use my um, coworkers login for that, sure. Yeah, it'd be perfect. But no, it, it was actually... Like a really good show, and they didn't come up with any garbage. It wasn't stupid. Like they didn't put some like chip foose wheels onto like a Datsun. They were building a Datsun. They mm-hmm. didn't put like chip foose wheels on it and put in a small black Chevy. So this isn't overhauling. No, it's not. It's actually a legit show okay. where they build stuff that people <laughs> actually want, not meant for fifty-year-old dads. And I'm guessing it's all JDM stuff. It was an old Cadillac that made that. Wow, noise. we are getting some weird stuff dropping by. <laughs> it is definitely spring here in Minnesota at the Motorplex. Goofy things. There's a bunch of really interesting stuff at this uh, at this complex. So, but no, I mean, like you 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 watch car shows all the time. Like it's I like do. you watch car shows. I use them as background noise when I'm wrenching. Yeah, and like usually they suck. Like if you actually look this one up. No, this one's actually really I'm good. Watch I it, highly to it. highly recommend it. Okay. Yeah, so that's good to know. I mean. I'm actually kind of glad you said that because Motor Trend Out of Man, when it launched, I don't know, a year ago probably, oh, there was... were like three shows on it. I'm like, it was great. I know all those are good. Yeah. And now they've just been like adding shows like Netflix. Like everyone gets a green light. Yeah, that's true. And I'm just um, like, I don't know if this is good or not. And I don't really want to waste two hours of my life just trying to figure didn't out. they revive the modified magazine name? I have no idea. There, there's a show that I see on the Mo- the Motor Trend YouTube channel. They I keep watching like an Alzheimer's patient called Modified, and it's okay. about import cars, okay. and it is just trash. Well, it's yeah. just the worst thing. It it's almost it's like the Netflix, the fastest car, where they put oh, on like no. all like an eight car wide race, like a single race. <laughs> and it's all about. That. I haven't seen that special, but I've heard much much more negative feedback from the fastest car than I have from anything positive. I was gonna watch it before. I came here today so we could talk about it, yeah. but I just, I couldn't. I really couldn't. I, I will hook up a TV and a multiplexer up here so we can have some of that kind of stuff going on in the future, but yeah, I'm right there with you. <laughs> I don't even want to watch it after hearing no. from a couple people that I respect that it's terrible. Actually, I found uh, one. It was a um, Saudi Arabian movie about car culture. Like It's like an actual movie movie. I, it, it's like called Hawaja or something. they just make cars out of oil there. I don't know. I think like I think gasoline press. is free. Well, yeah, it has to be. Does. They drive G sixty five six by sixes or whatever for fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Gasoline cannot cost anything there. A, la- a Land Cruiser is a plebeian car. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, like a, a like diesel, literally. Yeah, yeah like a diesel Land Cruiser is just like what everybody drives. I actually saw an article. I think it was on our favorite iPad pooping site, Jalopnik. Yes. Uh, it was like, this is your mecca. 
base model diesel selectable four-wheel drive manual Land Cruiser moment or something. And like in the rest of the world, you can that's the base model Land Cruiser. It's like you get a nice six-cylinder turbo diesel, a manual selectable four-wheel drive, and it's a base model. So it has like all the poverty crap that we love. So I, you know, I'm actually, not going to use that as a topic, but I thought that was kind of interesting to see. Um, on Japanese nostalgia car, we had an article. They just made a new Land Cruiser, like gutted out three door. That's three just door. oh, totally like two, two doors in the front, two door, two doors in a hatch. Sure. But here, let me scroll down here. Uh, sorry, I did not plan Pardon. on having. I usually have the tab up, but this just kind of came up. Like this is called the uh, Toyota. Yeah, it's just the Land Cruiser utility. Yep. Commercial. But look at that. Okay, so what Ryan's showing me, it looks like a Land Cruiser stretched over a short wheelbase Lexus GX frame with steel wheels on it and um, kind of a Euro grill. And three doors. It looks doors. pretty good. And three doors. Yep, three doors. And oops, sorry. You and I think, you peasant. I'm pretty sure it's got a manual option. Uh, if it has steel wheels, it probably has a stick. Yeah, and that I would absolutely take out an atrociously long loan to own that car. <laughs> Honestly, I was just scrolling today. Another kind of weird segue. Um, it was an article about Americans love their damn pickups so much that 84-month <laughs> car loans are no. now becoming commonplace. Wait, what? Yeah. When I was selling cars... Eight-year car loans. When I was selling cars, 72-month loans are insane. They and, are insane. 60-month is like, you are poverty and you should not be subpriming this thing. Every Every car... That I had... you know how underwater all those people are going to be on their F-150s? It's just insane. <laughs> but, like, probably... I would say 85% of the cars I sold as a car salesperson that were new had yeah. eighty had the 72-month loan. That is unbelievable. And that was, like... I was, like... There were a couple of people that were, like, yeah, I just want to have a cheap payment and I am always pay over and it makes my credit look awesome. But, like, a lot of these people... I don't think those people understand how credit work. But a lot of these people were, like... Yeah, you can just barely get approved for your 72-month loan, and you're going to have a 15% APR. And your car is going to be worth nothing in yeah. seven years. And I'm, I'm sitting there. I'm like, all right, guys, this is how you make this happen. You need to buy a Forester Premium Manual. Get it here. Order it special. Get it in the weirdest car you can get so you can potentially have a modicum yep. of value left exactly. in that vehicle. To get any residual out of it, you do really... You are going to be so upside down in five years on this car. <laughs> you want a car with no options, a manual, and a fun color. Yeah, yeah that's like a that's good what advice. You need. <laughs> well, is... the, the premium... The premium is the one with options. That's the one you get, oh, the, you get the heated seats okay. in the sunroof oh, with the yeah. manual. You do want heated seats. So you, that, that's the one. That, sure. That's because other ones. That's just the like, one option. That that's maybe the like one a stereo option. system. Yeah, it's select. got it's got decent stereo in it. So like, yeah, no, that, modern that's, cars do actually. We should do an episode on that too. On decent stereos. Yeah, like that's modern like, cars. Like I haven't, I haven't heard a bad stereo on a modern car. Yeah, no, I, I got into my coworker's uh, 2012 WRX and yeah. I was shocked. It's just like terrible. Even, even my Fiat, I mean, that thing has... Oh, that's I mean, got great The stereo. electric has the upgraded Alpine or whatever, but, like, that's in a $15,500 Fiat. And my and Mazda it's, 5, it's yeah. with my CD player, no auxiliary cable. Like, oh, But the thing is, the quality <laughs> of sound yeah. is amazing. I think like, it's just, like, it's harder to buy crap these days from It anywhere, really is. Because, so. well, this thing is, like, it's, it's not the loudest... But it's the, the clearest. clearest. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. It's the clearest. Like, well, I can... That's a good sign of a good amplification, even if the magnets on the speakers are small. Yeah, and that's that's exactly what that is. Because I can put that onto like the FM hip-hop station, 
Which and one? I can crank Which it. one? 1025, 95.7? 1025.95.7. I think it was 1025 when I was doing this. Okay. Because it was, it was, I was listening to the Black Panther soundtrack. African American Panther? Yeah. Thank you. Um, but they were they were playing the soundtrack on it. I'm like, this is tight. And I love Kendrick Lamar. So I had it like, cranked all the way up. Yeah, man. There was zero clipping. Hmm. And like, I got out of the car with it like cranked. And it still sounded... It wasn't like it's more than I can say for Motor Called Episode Seven. <laughs> yeah, no, right. It was like, but like it was there was zero clipping on mm. the like from like the bass, like out, like outside the car where you don't have the set, sure. like the good quality tweeters like covering up some of the garbage that's happening behind you. Like this is just like it actually sounded decent. So, so you're telling me I can get some good quality tweeters and they'll cover up Corey? Yeah, nice. Yep, just get a bunch of tweeters. Completely coat your house's walls and tweeters. Sounds good. We'll do. I like to cover up garbage with stuff. <laughs> anyway, and I'm going to use that as a segue to Patreon. Yes. <laughs> Let's do that. Uh, we're going to have that as our last topic today. Um, but I like doing these, um, and we have to do these. Yes, we do. We are, um, we are funded by Patreon exactly, subscribers. Sort of, yeah. So anyway, uh, I want to talk about this one. I picked it out of the, the hopper this week, and it's basically talking about battery electric vehicles in the United States. And uh, there's a few subtopics of them. I'll read over the overview now, and then we'll touch on the first one. Um, it's an overview of the U.S. market BEVs currently offered. That's battery electric vehicle. We're not talking about plug-in hybrids. Um, or, we're my talking about, or my grandmother named Beverly. We are also not talking about her, if her initials are the same as that. <laughs> we'll talk about the, uh, the, the federal and state tax credits um, um, used EVs, like the one I bought. And kind of the thoughts on if it's worth it to buy one of those and kind of what you have to jump through and where you find them. Um, charging standards, so how they charge, what the differences are. Um, there's, there's a lot of information here, but I'll try to cover it as best I can. Um, the new and current models on the horizon that we're noticing here and kind of some thoughts on those. And that's kind of the, the gist of it. So I'm going to run down um, the basics of what's offered in the 2018 model year. Um, we all know the BMW i3, that's been upgraded to a 33 kilowatt hour battery, 114 miles of range. The Bolt is the best um, kind of proposition for long range at a low price. And these are, I mean, it's $36,000 base before the tax credit, is which that, is 7,500 plus state. Yeah. And that's got, you know, a 60 kilowatt hour battery. It'll do more than 200 miles in pretty much all the weather. What's, um, well, how does that compare at least in power to the 500E? Uh, you're talking battery size, or you're talking like I'm talking about when you when when you, I you step cannot, on the gas. You how... can't gap an Evo in a Bolt, but you can in a 500e. But the 500e take... will go less than half the distance. I will take the 500e. And the 500e is actually a good-looking car, and the Bolt is kind of nasty. The i3, I actually like its charm, even though a lot of people hate it. I actually, I really like the i3 a lot. Me too, and it's rear-wheel yeah. drive, so it's awesome. Yes, it is. <laughs> um, Ford Focus Electric, that's actually got a big battery now, 33.5 kilowatt hours, 115 oh, wow. miles range, and that's cheap, 30 grand. Um, Honda Clarity, they've got... Uh, I thought that was they a have, hybrid. They, here's the thing, they've got a hydrogen one, they've yeah. got a battery one, and they've got a plug-in hybrid one. It's all the same car, but they have different powertrains in them. So I remember when Very James strange. May was still on Top Gear. He, that was an FCX were, Clarity. Oh, that was an FCX. Car. is yep. a different car. Okay, mm -hmm. disregard then. Yep, that was the, kind of the concept. That's what it was based on. Uh, Honda, Hyundai Ionic, and that one's actually got a couple of cool features. It's got that manual regen paddle, which I really had, or I wish I had in my car. Manual regen? Does this well, it, it's a like a, bit? There's literally a paddle on it that you can like use electric braking without touching your brake pedal and turning on your brake lights, Ooh, which I want cool. in my car. That's and a lot really of cars cool. have that. Like yeah. the, the um, e-golf has it, 
and then there's you know various levels of regen that you can turn on on some of these vehicles. You know when you're when you're going through like a 75 mm-hmm. when it turns into a 65. Oh jeez, that would be so much better than just letting it decel. I know because it's like here, let me get some more range out of this. What I do when I start off in my car in the morning is I'll turn on the cruise control, and when I hit 25, I'll hit set and then cancel on the cruise. Yeah, and then if I'm doing like 75. And the speed limit drops, or I see brake lights in distance, I'll hit resume, and the car will immediately start pulling as much regen as it can. That is Without awesome. using that the brake clever. lights. I, I wish I could take credit for it. Actually, one of my YouTube commenters said that oh, he really? did that. I'm like, that's a really, really good idea, because there's a little on, bit of a delay. On your oval bore channel? Yeah, correct. Right. Yep. So one of my 9,000 subscribers must have chimed in there. Um, we have the Soul EV, which I didn't even know was offered in that's this country. Thing? Yeah. And it's actually pretty reasonable. It's like the same price as a 500E. It's 32 grand, 111 miles, 30 they're kilowatt making, hours. They're making the soul into like a weird like... That car has got a long life cycle. No, because like, like they are they have like as many trim models of that as they do of the Golf. Because they have like... For sure. They have a turbo, like a, a soul GTI or whatever it is, the turbo soul. <laughs> they have the, all the normal trim levels. My soul is also turbocharged. And then they also have the electric one. So it's... Mm-hmm. I feel like they're trying to do some like Those things weird, run the gamut, man. You can get like a really stripper. They're trying to like weirdly nice target one. the GTI market. Or that, the to, Golf market. No, I think they're trying to target hamsters. Hamsters? Yeah, well, the, sure. all their marketing is targeted towards hamsters. Yeah, I, I, I never was interested in one just because of that. Um, the first gen leaf, 30 kilowatt hour, that's gone now, uh, 107 miles, 30, Corey, 31 grand. There's a car for your mother. No. The soul. <laughs> for goodness sake. The, the new leaf that was just released is a 40 kilowatt hour, 150 miles, which is awesome. Have, you driven, have you driven one of those? I don't want to. That is a car that you will so never, ever, ever look back at, but mm-hmm. every time you drive it, you will love it. Well, it You're is not going to soul? No, 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 no. The the leaf. Oh, okay. No, the, I'm the sure so- it's fine. I mean, it's still an EV. Like it, it's like. But they don't have thermal battery management. No, no. It's it, it is it is much. It's not nearly as as well done as a 500e. Hmm. But I would if I drove a leaf. Yeah. Like not ha, not being a car person, I would become a car. person. Do you know person. how cheap you can buy a first gen leaf right now? Oh yeah, they're nothing. Yeah, it's like five grand, forty five hundred bucks. I when I was selling cars, I nearly had a literally fist the, fight over one. The battery is worth more than you can buy one of those car. Average transaction price. When I was it's incredible. When I was working at Subaru, we had one that came in on trade, and I had two customers that almost got into fisticuffs over one. Oh, you should have <laughs> let them. That would have been awesome. Oh yeah, I should have recorded it. It was anyway, hilarious. I'm gonna keep going on yeah, this. Yeah, please. Uh, I want to hear all got the four two ED, which electric oh, electric my. drive, not erectile function. Oh, I see. That, and that it, has, a, it has a small... Did, did it's an anybody, unfortunate name. Did anybody tell them? <laughs> no, I don't think so. It, but anyway, it has a really small battery. It's 17.6 kilowatt hours, but it'll do 100 miles because it weighs nothing, ED. effectively. <laughs> ED. You know... Edward Damascus. <laughs> um, back when Toyota first came to America, they almost called their car the... Instead of calling their, their car the Toyopet, they almost called it the Toyolette. And it was it was only for a single intern that they didn't call it that. Is Smart it like, did uh, not have that intern. Chevrolet <laughs> bringing the Nova to Mexico. Yes, exactly. The no go. Yeah, exactly. Wow, <laughs> good marketing decision. Then we have a whole mess of Teslas. Nobody cares. Yeah, um, everybody already knows about those. Yep, e Golf. That's honestly, if I was going to go with an EV right now, I new. S- I, I saw get an one. I saw one the other day. E Golf's great. Jana actually said that's really cute. I want one, and I said no, you don't. And she was why. I said it's not because a this will be no, this will <laughs> this is made by Volkswagen. Volkswagen will find a way to make a single moving part 
on a vehicle it's under called a wire. an electric watermelon. Yeah, like they'll find a way to break it. Yeah, it's probably <laughs> they'll true. They'll have a coolant leak or something and short out the whole car. <laughs> that hits a little close to home, but yeah. Anyway, they just upgraded the battery on that thing to 36 kilowatt hours, which is awesome. 125 miles of real world range. Um, and then there's a couple other in this list that we don't get in the United States. So oh, I'm like going to touch on those. Yeah. Um, the, e, the E up exclamation mark. Oh my God, really? Yeah. I want that. 99 mile range. I absolutely want um, that. The Renault Zoe. That's one I really 186 want. 186 mile range, 41 kilowatt hours. Unless you get the Zoe, whatever the GTI version is. Yeah. And then the, you have the range 400 horsepower and all wheel drive. Yeah. That was, that was a, a concept. And then of course we've got the very unfortunate discontinued Miev. They discontinued it finally? Oh, yeah. No! It was a 16 kilowatt hour battery. Was that car is so but it trash. Was cheap. I mean, if it was 22 wanted... grand new, and you got that $7,500 tax credit with it. That was 22 grand new? <laughs> yeah. They gave you it see away. one of those? Yeah, it was like a twelve or 13000 That's well, why you saw them. Those weren't designed. They, you know, you know, I always say I really want K cars to come to America. Yeah. That is I exactly that. what happens when a K car comes to America and they don't do any formatting. Because that actually is a K car. Great. But anyway, continue. Nobody cares. Okay. <laughs> it's true. So that's kind of the rundown Nobody of knows the U.S. market is BEVs for 2018. Why did you list the Zoe if, it's, if that was only American market? Because you weren't listening. I, I, I know. I know. I, I remember that. But like, were you like just reading off a list of like what the... That's like worldwide EVs. I'm, I was reading oh, the ones that we could them. get oh, here. Okay. And then I was okay. telling you about the couple that we couldn't get, like the E-Up. Okay. Oh, okay. So that that's not like that is that literally every single one, like not including well, China EVs. Few, I didn't. Yeah. There's gonna be a this, this is the mainstream ones. ones. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, um, that is the rundown of the currently available BEVs. Okay. I'm actually gonna go out of order. I want to talk about the upcoming and Horizon models. Yeah. Um, in 2017, late 2017, we saw the Honda concepts, the urban city and the sports EV. So is the urban city, is that based off the city chassis? It's an entirely new bespoke chassis shared between okay. the two, but it looks like the old N600, but like super oh, retro. Are we actually getting that? Uh, they are going into production. I don't know how close to the looks those things will actually end up. They are saying that they will yes, be very okay. similar. I've, I've seen this one. Yeah. But it, the only thing is like, Nobody knows anything about the range on them or the battery I capacities. I don't care. I just don't. Yeah, I will I could buy you in that. one of those. That is a very me car. You mean you would put an 84-month auto loan to get your credit and what? Actually, had probably Actually yes, good I would do an 84-month auto loan for that car. Uh, hopefully, the tax just... credits are still in place. Yeah, that would be great. But yeah, there's uh, those two. There's uh, that little kind of two-seat convertible or whatever. And then there's that four-seat urban city, which looks like the N600. Those are the Honda ones that I'm really interested to see, kind of what they come up with, because Honda hasn't done an EV yet, not really. Um, and then I also want to see the Jaguar I-Pace. Well, they, they, they did the, the Clarity, but that's like a... Right. It's a grab bag of alternative fuels. And I think that's kind of a test bed yeah. for their electric platform. And it, they've, they've been doing mild hybrid stuff for a long time, so I'm sure it's fine. Oh, yeah, yeah. Obviously, well, they're, they're kind they're of hybrids. pioneered it, so... They're hybrids. Well, they didn't really pioneer it. Uh, Toyota did... It beat him to the punch, but... Toyota beat him to market. The IMA was better because he got a manual. Yes, it was. As I was actually about End to say... End of story. Well, no, I was, I was about to say, they're actually... <laughs> I have more faith in Honda doing an EV than almost any other normal car manufacturer. Yeah, I like bet Honda it's going to be good. Like, they're going to make it fun. Honestly, that 500E is such a good car. And that's the thing is, th <laughs> those are two companies that have historically made boring-ish cars very fun yeah so anyway continue okay. on all right so again the i-pace um that's kind of it's based on the f-pace 
but it's a little bit shorter greenhouse and it's got the the wheelbase is stretched so you have more interior space uh, so it kind of interior is like an upper market car um that's a, it, it's, I feel it's like interesting looking but it, it has a 90 kilowatt hour battery so like it's got some serious range under the hood and I, it's going to retail for it kind know, of reminds me of like a jaguar version of the kia nero where it's like yeah. that really weird in between on a, the side profile i 100 percent agree yeah like it's that weird in between it's not quite a crossover it's right. not quite a oversized hatchback it's just yeah. strange it's got like a weird leaping stance to it that i'm not sure if i like it reminds but, me of an amc eagle but it's an interesting looking battery electric and yes. the world doesn't have enough of those like the bolt's a great vehicle but yeah. it is so ugly no i wouldn't buy one the more cool battery electric vehicles that can come out the, the merrier i am I absolutely agree. in favor with them because so, i was on the fence until we drove in your 500e yeah and that car changed my life. Yeah, I will so we say, gapped an Evo Nine in it. Yes, we did, and that's like on our way to fish and chips. I thought they were kind of cool, and then we gapped Evo Nine. I'm like, oh, that's actually really cool. Uh, <laughs> lithium power. I can gap an Evo Nine for six thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, as I learned after buying my car, that was extremely cheap. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> noticed because Jana wanted one for the lease returns kind of go in cycles. As I found after looking at them for another year, and like if I had sold my car. After putting ten thousand miles on it, even in its current condition, which is pretty decent, Wait, I could have made three thousand dollars on my fifty five hundred dollar car. When was uh, can, when, when's the best time to buy those? Then I guess if they go in cycles, right now, right now, these returns kind of start in March. Oh, tax season. Yeah, yeah, tax season. That's a few when years people later, start yeah. leasing cars. So yeah, that's yep. true. Okay. So and it's spring, and it's just like they kind of all converges right then and there. So, so um, the best time to sell would be well. it's... These are lease like, returns. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, the best time to sell to get your money back would probably be oh, fall or something. February. February? February. Oh, right before tax season. Because everyone wants one. Yep. And nobody. But there's none on the market. That makes sense. None. Yep. So, a friend of mine just bought one and he found one, like a really late lease return that just <laughs> came through. It was still like a 2013, like somebody held on for another year for some reason. Oh, my God. Reason. Yeah. And he got it delivered, and it immediately had a high-voltage system issue. So now it's at the dealer getting a new battery pack. There you go. Under warranty. There you go. Perfect. Yep. All, EV, just, all EVs have that eight-year, 100,000-mile battery warranty standard because it's mandated. All EVs? Sold in oh, the United States. Great. Yeah, I it's really that. nice. I mean, the batteries are, so far, not an issue. But it's good to know that those are there. Um, using that to kind of talk about the charging standards, uh, there's kind of three main ones right now. In the United States. I'm not going to touch on the Euro ones. Those yeah. are a little bit different. I was going to say, because that's going to be... It's, charging an electric car is not like getting gas in a normal car. No, it's not. It's not. Yet. Uh, it sure takes a lot might, longer. They might come up with like a some standardized system. And, I mean, there are. There's kind of three standards. So what we've got is the what's called a J1772. That's mm -hmm. what we call the, the most common connector, which is just your standard household power, your slow charging, which yeah. is what almost every house would have. And then the same connector also supports, like, if you plug it into your clothes dryer outlet, you can get 240, which we call okay. level two. So level two. Two 110 volt. And then what's, within it. I imagine there's a higher level? Yep. So there's a bunch of different amperage levels in level two, and that's all AC charging. And then level And then three, we go to level just, three is what we call DCQC. Mm -hmm. Right into a electric power station. No. Because uh, it, it goes to DC power when you go to level three. So it's actually directly oh, okay. charging your battery with a very high current DC, like like Edison electrocuting an elephant in public, but with DC current level of. I oh my mean, God. You should see the size of the cords that these DC stations have. Normal plebs. They can't just. Plug Luckily, that in. these things are extremely safe somehow. Like the the first gen Leaf 
pioneered the Chedemo connector, yeah. which has been really popular in Japan for like 10 years because they've been doing EVs longer than we have, yes, which have. is a really big clunky connector, but it does DC quick charging, which is why the Leaf was like, you could fully charge the car basically in 45 minutes with this big electric garden hose full of dc but the charging <laughs> station isn't like a thousand dollars because you can just i mean it's a little controller and then a plug into a breaker yeah. you need a massive like thousand pound power station that's got these huge inverters inside of it shocking to throw that kind of amperage I'm not, not really that, that surprised by that and now you're seeing that one kind of decline a little bit even though nissan's holding on to it and we're getting a connector in like the i3 in the bolt which is called cst which okay. uses that standard level one, level two connector, and then it's got a pair of DC lugs beneath it. Oh, so, so it can do either one. Correct, usually. Okay. So mm -hmm. that, that's probably going to be the way it's going it to go. Because yep. it's, it's not like a fuel filler neck, where every single right. fuel filler neck is like one inch in diameter. Correct, or unless you're talking about a truck with the big diesel nozzle or something. In which the diesels are then, they're all going to be like 1.5, and then you have your race cars, which are just a big gaper. Exactly. <laughs> that is a very eloquent way of putting that, yes. Um, but no, I mean, as far as like buying one of these things, you, you pretty much have two smart options, which is like, well, a evaluate what you need, but find like a cheaper brand new one with like the upgraded battery and still get maybe on, on board with that federal and state tax credit and while you still can. That, that would be the cheapest and way. And then finance it. Cause yeah, it's super cheap. I mean, if you take a $32,000 golf R or something like that and you get that $9,000, which is. Pardon me. Pretty much the best case if you were to buy an EV in Minnesota right now. Did you say now. Golf R or Golf E? Oh, sorry. I, I think I did say Golf R. <laughs> you but did I say Golf, Golf R, yeah. Don't buy a Golf R. Those things are shit. No. They, did you know those are front-wheel drive? DSi. Yeah, they're Haldecks. Of course they God, are. God, it's just garbage. I mean, they are all-wheel drive, but they're not No, really. that's not all-wheel drive. That, yeah, that is front-wheel drive with incredibly... Oh, wow. We've got a real cool guy out there, and it's Harley. Um, that, all that is is incredibly intrusive traction control. Yeah, I agree. That's like driving the element. I mean, it, it does power the rear wheels when you need it to get unstuck, but it's horrible. So anyway, e-golf, like you buy one of those things brand new, yeah, 32 grand, but like by the yeah. time you're done with your tax credits, assuming you aren't extremely wealthy and these things are still available, which they yeah. are right now, but they won't be soon probably, at least on the federal level. Um, you're looking at like 23 and then you're financing Thanks, that Trump. amount. And then you do your 84 <laughs> month loan on your EV and you might be doing like $70 a month in your payment or something like that. And like mm, that thing's never going like to break. I am very into that. Yeah. So that, that, that would be <sighs> the first Volkswagen product I buy made after 1990. Your, your nickname has always been Jew the entire time I've known you, but I think I'm going to change it to subprime. Subprime? Ryan Subprime Snitsky. Because <laughs> I'm all about the subprime. <laughs> I Whatever. can afford it. That's the thing, though. It's like, Great. It, that's the thing where straight cash, then. I, I, I can't afford that. <laughs> well, but, no, but the, the thing is, I, I can afford oh, it. Oh, the cool guy's back. Can you hear that? Super cool. I can afford it, but after my douchebag roommate, mm. like oh, my yeah, credit could use a little yeah. bit of help. Well, so that would actually be, that would be a very good thing for me. <sighs> I'm the only person on earth in which a subprime loan makes sense. Don't ever do that. <laughs> yeah, please don't. Do Go that. if you're thinking about getting anyway, an eighty-four so month loan. Used EVs, I think, is what makes more sense yes. for you because you can still finance those. Yes, you can, and the payment will be the similar in like a three or four year term. <laughs> well, I think. Do you think once that tax credit, the federal tax credit expires? Mm -hmm. Do you think the prices of used EVs will go up? Because I think... No, I don't think so. Are you sure? Because I feel like well, that's being really suppressed by the fact that you can just get a, a new one for nothing. I kind of agree, but the general, the trend overall of EV pricing is going down. Okay. And the capacities are going up. Up. So, so it's a just, lot of the older ones that you're looking at are extremely small batteries by comparison to a newer one. 
Can you put a larger battery into it? Depends on the car. Um, yes, 500e. You can. Uh, the 500e actually uses the same Samsung SDI batteries that an i3 does. And oh. Samsung only keeps making the low-density ones for the uh, 500e because Fiat keeps buying the 24-kilowatt-hour batteries. But if you were to take a late-model crashed i3 and put all the cells from that car into the 500e it pack, just, which the individual directly, cells, yeah, correct, there's 21 so we, we cells should, We should explain how the cells, because those sure. they, they kind of look like a, little, like, like a shotgun shell. It depends. Kind of. Uh, on a right? Leaf, they look like little like plastic baggies full of cocaine. On my car, they look like golf cart batteries. I mean, they look like standard car batteries. Oh, really? Okay. Mine. But there's a big plastic yeah. wafer bolted to the bottom of the car that's full of these things. Oh, okay. And then on Tesla, it's 18650s. It's your vape battery. Yeah, that's things. Same. It looks right. like a little shotgun shells. Right. Yeah. That's Tesla's use 18650s. So Tesla's yeah. different than everybody. Uh, there, I think there's probably a couple of the manufacturers that use them too, but they're okay. the, they're not as energy dense because there's a lot of airspace when you have 18650s stacked next to one yes, another. Yes, that's true. And like a leaf is pouch cells, a volt is pouch cells, which is like the cocaine baggies. You can get them really dense. Yeah. And they just have kind of common lungs on the top, and they're kind of easy to diagnose and stuff like that. My car, it has those golf cart batteries. Yeah, the big clunky Right, ones. like an i3. So you'd have which, to buy one, take it apart, and then swap the cells. But I could get 33 kilowatt hours if I did that. And it cost me like eight grand, which is too much. But so if my battery ever had a problem and it was out of warranty, when, when you when you take that apart, mm -hmm. I, I guess at this point, would I'm just kind of curious about the sure. tuning because I, as we spoke before, cannot cannot leave well enough alone with my car. I'm always going to modify my shit. Um, Evo's bud. Could you, when you're disassembling the battery, I imagine you have to wait till the batteries. Do you just like decharge the battery or no? It's I mean it, it's usually like almost 500 volts DC. But I mean the connectors are. They're a big plastic apart. NEMA connectors that are watertight. I mean, you're, there are disconnects. I'm, I'm not going to kill myself disconnects. by, by If you do it, it by the book, it's perfectly fine. Yeah, so it's really... It, the more Don't I've use been, gigantic metal tools while like having wet hands and no shoes on on a metal plate or something. But yeah. If you no, use it's, caution, it's, kinda like, it's probably okay. It's really... It's not any more dangerous than pulling an engine out of a car and right. you know having... Having it like over the majority of your torso, especially if the picker were to fall on someone's foot in the front of a Mercedes 190E 2.3 8 valve. Yeah, and that's actually I messed up my back, and I still feel that when that happened to you. Hmm. But anyway, um, no. So so really, I mean, modifying these—it's just a, it's a different set of, of rules, but it's not any, any more dangerous than working on a normal gas engine. No, because that's so. that's another one of those. Uh, gripes that a lot of uneducated people. I mean, I'm, I don't mean uneducated in like a douchey way. I mean, just like people that right. don't know about them, For which sure. is the majority of the world. Agreed. Um, that's a lot of people believe is that, oh, I'm going to kill myself the second I touch it. Because I was in that boat for the longest time. And we started. And I mean, it's a genuine yeah. concern. I mean, there's a lot it of is. power in Yeah, those that's packs. a ton of power. Like, it's going to, it's like holding on to the top uh, line on a power line. Like, it's a ton of power. Yeah, I mean, but it's arguably more dangerous because it's DC power. On, on the on the on, on the, the car on the car mm -hmm. yeah so it, it's more dangerous than that but at the same time don't let Edison's public demonstration of killing that elephant fool you DC is more dangerous yeah but uh, that that's the thing is that um, Edison's a dick by the way yeah Thomas Edison sucked fucking idiot um, Tesla FTW yeah Tesla was awesome and we're not talking about the company we're talking about Nikola. and the company itself was awesome it, it is yeah. Uh, anyway. But anyway, no. So, so really, these cars—they're—they're they're not terrible to work on, though. No, so that's not. That, that's. I, a good and instead thing. of throwing, <laughs> I don't know if Jags will offer this in the future, but instead of putting like a camshaft or a set of headers in it, I'm sure Jags you're going to buy in-canal battery contacts because they be really flow cool. way more juice through them. 
Yeah, and that's super cool. Yeah. And I think, you know, with the younger generation, not millennials, the people right below it, the one that we haven't named yet. Um, I think they have. They're called exennials or some crap like that. I, I call it douchery. The fact that millennials are having children already is making me really ill. I know, right? But anyway, this is this is the generation where a lot of us, we grew up at, like modifying our bicycles to make our bicycles, you know, more cool and more fun. Yeah. And a lot of those... Putting playing cards in the spokes. Yeah. A lot of those kids went on to tuning cars. And now we electrify bicycles for fun. We electrify bicycles. We dick around with e-cigs. We build computers. Yep. That is now your new entry level into cars. I think electrification is going to be really interesting to watch. I I think that's going to... That's going to be probably the greatest thing to happen for motoring. And it's going to be great for us petrol heads too. Honestly, because yeah. it'll keep the idiots that have no interest in driving out you of know, interesting cars. Jay Leno said that years ago. He's probably right. And of course he's right. He's Jay Leno. He's a thousand years old, and he's like a sage like master. I think his chin <laughs> is a historically protected plateau. It is, yeah. It's his chin, I think after he dies, they're going to like cut his jaw off his dead body and put it in the Smithsonian. Or the Smithsonian. Smithsonian. <laughs> the Smithsonian. Listen to this guy. I'm going to look at my Lamborghini cheese in the Smithsonian. Hey, this is uh, wow. 16.5 ABV, so no, it's not. <laughs> I was going to say, I had that whole thing, and I'm on Greenbelt now. But I was. Uh, I actually I almost did bring a Imperial oh Pale Ale that was 15 and a half. Yeah. But I think we just call that booze what do you call it liquor. that's a, that, liquor. That, that's yeah. a that's a hard a hard spirit <laughs> that's like a carbonated liquor yeah that's what it is <laughs> and on that note i think that kind of it touches on the ev topic as well as i think we probably can reasonably be expected to do um there's a lot more information on phevs too but i think we'll see kind of a resurgence on those because a lot of the cafe standards for these things we were talking yeah. about a couple weeks ago have been repealed or are in the process of repealing mm-hmm. so in a way that's good in in most of the way it's bad I would like to see more electric. PHEV? Yep. That's a uh, plug-in, plug-in hybrid. hybrid. Yep. I, I don't Sorry. care about those. I just can't. I'm an electric car owner, so no, I have to right. know No, it's right. I just. The whole hybrid concept, I never got behind. Well, I'll kind of, I'll shed some light on it. Um, the main reason PHEVs exist is for yeah. European countries where they have standards that are being implemented that basically forbid combustion engines from operating within city limits okay. at a certain year. Yeah. So the idea behind that is you just charge it at home. You drive to wherever the hell you're going on gas, then you flip a switch, and the thing swaps over to battery drive, and Which, then you do your inter intra city, yeah, intra city commute on battery, and then when you hit the outside of the city limits, you flop back on your combustion engine, you charge it back up. You see, that's just but it's it's such a stopgap and a stupid it, measure. It really is. Are, it's, it's a, a loophole. It, it's all it is. It's a really stupid stopgap. It's like the um, like the whole like, motor. All right, I'm going pre-war because we're in an era. Uh, we're in an era that's kind of like it, and this is the only way to describe it. It's like the motor wagon. You, I it thought was, you were going to talk about the Detroit electric thing. No, no, it's like the motor wagon. It's not quite a car, and it's not a horse-drawn carriage. It's well, a dude, modified like, horse-drawn carriage, and that's what it is. It's just a weird stopgap. It's like it the sucks, MP3 three-wheeled schooner. Everything, yeah, it's yes. I agree. That's that's where I was going with that. I agree. And it's it's just it's a weird stopgap. No one's to care about it in a hundred years. They're going to be worthless, and they're just going to suck. Like, nobody wants that. You get an electric vehicle, get a gas vehicle, mm-hmm. or if you're going to get a hybrid, yeah. get a hypercar. I've got my, <laughs> like, got my it's just, gas-guzzling V8s, and I've got an electric car. I feel like the, the only reason a hybrid should ever exist is to make your car faster. Because it's, yeah. it's not as environmentally friendly as an EV. It's not as e- economical. 
Yeah, and you're, and you're it, carting around so much more weight that you're yeah, actually it's, you're, it's you're mostly, losing pretty much all of your It's dead gain. weight yeah. all the time. Exactly. And, and like, in the yeah. winter, they don't do anything. Yeah, it's like, cool, you have a net gain on paper. That's <laughs> A lot of that city is, driving, maybe. Yeah, like you have a net gain under certain circumstances. Otherwise, you have an atrocious, like an atrocious to drive vehicle yeah. when you're on a on a road trip. It's like a, oh, it's such a compromise. It's like it, buying a crossover. Just don't do it. Don't do it, especially and, if it's a plug-in hybrid crossover. And if you're really if you're buying a hybrid crossover, park in front of train tracks, preferably <laughs> active ones, very active ones. Don't worry, I'm sure they'll stop I, for you. Don't, I, I know the perfect street in Northeast Minneapolis. It'll be great. They go over about I think, 60 miles an hour. As Jana was saying, there's some <laughs> tracks directly behind us. Yeah, so yeah. you just go in and you'll either get hit by a train or a massive pickup. Perfect. Yeah, same just, thing. Just perfect. <laughs> and on that note, I think that's... On that bombshell. <laughs> that's the end of episode eight. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for uh, listening. And uh, next episode, we will have a guest on once again talking about the hell of all hells mechanical fuel injection. We are excited. Thanks for listening.